Well, hello there. Good afternoon. Welcome to Driving Theology. My name is Mike, and uh, this is uh, my weekly podcast of uh, driving and recording uh, thoughts that are vaguely theological. I'm a little running a little early, so I'm going to take a minute to uh, collect my thoughts here, but I thought I'd just go ahead and start recording early. I can always... Um, cut it down later if I need to edit in other words um, let's see so yeah started a new diet today uh, really need to drop some pounds so that's where my mind is today so this is a low carb day um, so I'm trying to go low carbs. I went kind of high carbs yesterday just because that's a, that's a default for me. <laughs> uh, but today I'm trying to be low carb so I've had just a little bit of carbs but ate kind of a big lunch. Had uh, embarrassed to admit it, four eggs and two pieces of leftover uh, fried chicken. That was my that was my lunch and a few blueberries. I'll try to go with lean meat and vegetables tonight. I did a little exercise today. I'm gonna turn the air conditioner because it is hot here. No question. I'm gonna have a little background noise. Um, yeah, you know, if you're somebody like me that has struggled with um, your weight, more or less, I guess since I was how old? Uh, I mean, since I knew about it, you know, you kind of don't notice it at the beginning. Probably about since college, maybe since I got married, which was two years after I started college. So I went to college for two years and then got married. And I think around 1992 is when I started noticing in some pictures uh, me having a little bit of a midsection or being thicker around the thighs than I wanted to be or, or that I imagined I was you know you, you see pictures of yourself and and uh, you know I realize some guys don't really think about that stuff much um, and some some people seem to not have to think about that stuff much I'm sure it's not true but anyway there there, there is a whole there is a whole, what do I want to call it, a whole culture around how each of us thinks about food, what we believe to be true about food. Um, and, and I have a feeling a lot of the stuff we've been taught about food is uh, bad, is, is not true. Uh, and not only not true, it's, it's possibly harmful, right? A lot of the things that we uh, believe about food. Case in point, uh, you know, when I was a, a kid, they had this pyramid of the food groups. Uh, and at the widest part of the food groups, right, the, um, the, the, the base of the pyramid, which is the biggest part of the pyramid, right, uh, we we were told that we had to eat mostly grains, mostly carbohydrates. Um, 
grains of some kind, you know, which includes wheat, uh, corn, rice, um, things like this, right? Grains, uh, of course, pasta is made out of grains. Uh, this was supposed to be what we ate the most. Uh, and then it went up from there, and what we should eat the least, I think, of the very top of the thing was probably uh, sugar, right? Sugar was, was recognized as something we probably shouldn't eat too much of. And I don't think it actually um, talked about things like alcohol consumption or anything like that. But this is what we were told uh, would make us healthy if we would concentrate on carbohydrates and then things like fruits and vegetables were next and then meats were next and maybe dairy was after that uh, and then at the top which you shouldn't eat much of at all just a little bit would be sweets I think that's I'd have to look at it again well fast forward to 2023 and there have been so many um, changes to this, to this idea, right? Um, and not only that, right? Now that's just the thinking about food as nutrition. Of course, we think about food in a much more complex way, right? Food, food is such a part of us, um, such such a a part of the human existence and experience that that we think about food in very romantic. And nostalgic ways as well. Um, we we have a relationship with food, right? Um, we all have uh, what? Well, well, I assume we all have what we might consider comfort foods, and that's probably the things that that our parents provided for us um, the most when we were young that we liked, right? Now, some things parents provided quite often that maybe not everybody in the family liked, but. You know, for me, um, probably the top comfort food for me, I would think, is probably something like pot roast or fried chicken or whatever. I, I was a I was a meat eater. I loved all kinds of meat, uh, and there were several vegetables I didn't really like much. Uh, there are some that I ate. Um, being lower middle class, growing up lo lower middle class or working class. Uh, in America, in the you know I was born in the late 60s, 60s, 70s, 80s. We ate a lot of uh, canned, preserved food, uh, even vegetables if we had much. Besides salad, you know, in the late 70s and 80s, kind of the uh, what do you what would you call it? Um, fitness craze kind of took hold. We started eating more salads, right? Salads became the big thing. Um, and therefore, you know, the, the amount of salad dressings and types of salad dressings just blew up. And we had all kinds of, um, um, what do you call it, uh, salad dressings and things like that to choose from, which of course rendered our salads not very uh, healthy. And then we added things like bacon and cheese <laughs> uh, and sometimes lots of those things. Uh, to kind of take away a lot of the benefit that maybe we would have gotten from salads. But anyway, there was a big thing. But before that, before the, the 80s, I would say, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables were kind of hard to come by. Like, 
if if you lived in the country or if your family had a garden or something like that perhaps you you had access to some of that during the summer um, I remember we had a, a little garden in our backyard uh, which was nice I think we even had corn uh, my parents grew tomatoes and I remember just having lovely lovely tomatoes in the summer just go back and pick them off the vine and eat them right off the vine it was just delicious I love tomatoes so I grew up with some of that but really you know on a on a day-to-day -day basis usually what we had access to was something like frozen uh, peas carrots corn and green beans that was pretty much the uh, four horses of the apocalypse of uh, vegetables in the 70s I would say uh, and you know we my, my family didn't have a lot of money so we didn't eat out a lot um, and we were all thin in the 70s we we really uh, my whole family there was nobody in my family that was really overweight all through the 70s not my mom uh, not me my mom and me are the two in the family that are more overweight than anybody else um, now my sisters have probably worked at it more than me but certainly me and my mom um, have struggled with our weight more than anybody else and my mom more than me but that came much later that that came I don't know you know it's hard to tell what um, made her routine change in such a way that she gained so much weight except that she did have some surgeries now she's getting close to 80 years old now um, she did have some surgeries and and um, she um, let's see she she had to take steroids at a time and it really made her gain a lot of weight and then it, you know as some dementia has come in she really has no um, she really doesn't get full anymore so she just continually eats carbs you know she eats chips and popcorn and whatever she can get her hands on really uh, and so she's she's not very healthy now it's probably pre type 2 diabetes or maybe she has type 2 diabetes already I'm not sure it's surprising if she doesn't say she is exactly the, uh, the type that would come down with that that's my guess uh, and then me but you know we I don't know what changed in the 80s and 90s of course we all got older uh, we all found that it was easier to put on weight my dad put on a little weight and but not much right really me and my mom and we my mom's short she's four foot nine um, I'm five foot seven uh, we're not big people and so when we put on weight I think you really see it <laughs> maybe certain parts of our bodies but especially around the midsection uh, hips and whatnot uh, why am I talking about this well I I have successfully been able to get the weight off twice in my life one time around 1999 2000 uh, I started um, eating more carefully I started exercising uh, specifically jogging 
uh, doing running 5Ks and 10Ks, and I was able to take out take off quite a bit of weight. Now, at that time, I had less weight to take off. I was probably around 83 kilos, something like that, and I probably got down to 170 or a little bit less. I don't remember exactly. Uh, so, all right, so in, okay, let's go back to standard weight. So I probably, um, sorry, my car turns off. I want to keep the air conditioner running. Probably got down to around 170 pounds, which is somewhere around 70 or 68 kilos, something like that. And then after a year or two, gained, started gaining it back. And by 2012, uh, I was probably up to right around 91 or 92 kilograms. And I started running and dieting again, and I got down to probably about the same weight. Uh, so the second time I lost quite a bit more weight than I did the first time, I think. I don't remember all the details of the first time. But I started running 10Ks, and for about two or three years, I was running every 10K I could, and I was running, you know, probably 15 to 20, uh, even more kilometers a week preparation for races and I was uh, I was also riding an exercise bike this time so I was doing interval training and that's really the thing that kind of kick-started uh, my um, my weight loss at that time was interval training uh, interval training really seemed to help me uh, burn off the fat pretty quickly this was around 2012. So 2012 to 2015, I was pretty much in shape. I was running, uh, very active. Um, even on my lunch breaks here and there, I would go out uh, and instead of, you know, wasting a lot of time, I'd do a 30 minute run and then quick lunch and then back to work kind of thing. So uh, I was in pretty good shape then. Um, felt good, yeah. But, you know, again, things change but I bing bada bang probably by 2016 17 I'm putting the weight back on fast forward to 2023 which is this year and I'm closer to 96 kilos which is I had never been over 200 pounds in my life and now I'm probably I'm between 210 and 220 somewhere in there by this by the weight this morning I think I'm probably 220 uh, which at 5'7", 220 is way more weight than I'd like to be carrying around. Uh, and at 55, 54 years old, 55 and a half, kind of, um, this is probably the time I need to buckle down and, and try to get back into shape. Interestingly enough, this podcast kind of coincided with my uh, putting weight back on, period. (laughs) I don't know um, if there's any correlation or not. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, But a lot of things have happened in that time. You know, my, my daughters have grown up. They've finished school. They're not in the house as much. We also got two dogs, which kind of um, takes a lot of time and energy, not making excuses. But anyway, fast forward to today, 
or yesterday, yesterday I'm watching this video, one of these infomercials that come across your Facebook page, and I went, took a deep dive into it, you know, clicked an extra button here or there to get extra information, and the information he gave me really seemed to um, make sense. And the information is, uh, don't starve yourself, number one. Number one, don't starve yourself. Uh, nobody continues uh, a routine, or very few people continue a routine that is too painful, that is too much of a struggle to maintain. So don't starve yourself. Uh, and that was kind of nice to hear. Uh, the other thing was, also, don't, uh, in, in lieu of that, don't cut all your carbs out. Instead of cutting your carbs off, this is how he explained it. He said, if you, if you take away all your carbs, what your body does is goes into fat storage mode because uh, it, it assumes you're not getting the nutrients you need, and so it wants to store the nutrients you have as much as possible. And so it slows your metabolism down Hmm. I never thought it hurt. I had never heard it said that way before. Uh, kind of makes sense. I get that. Now he says instead, what you do is you you have cycles of carbs. You cycle your carbs through your your, your routine. So, for example, uh, have a a high carb day followed by a moderate carb day followed by a low carb day, something like that. And apparently, depending on your age, weight, and fitness goals, you can have this tailor-made for you that will uh, maximize your uh, weight loss and um, minimize your weight gain, I guess. Um, and that, coupled with what he says, should be about 15 minutes, uh, three times a week of high-intensity High intensity training, hit exercises, HIT. Uh, if you couple your your um, carb intake, now this is I'm simplifying. It's more than just carbs. There's also carbs and fats uh, that he talks about, and I'll maybe get into that in a minute. But he says if you if you will do this, you will kind of be flipping your uh, metabolism, making your metabolism uh, healthier while at the same time taking in fewer carbs, right? Kind of makes sense to me, I guess. Um, so I'm trying at it. This is my first day. I kind of got a slow start. I didn't have anything in the morning, so I ended up exercising right around 10 o'clock. I did a, uh, a uh, interval training on the exercise bike to kind of amp up my metabolism and then waited about an hour before I ate any food. You really, I really should have waited a couple hours. Um, uh, but we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. You know, I'm going to, if I can stick with this a week or two, usually I see results when I start these kinds of exercises. The problem is not doing it for a week or two or even a month problem is sticking with this and making it a routine that uh, will become the norm, right? That's hard. Uh, I, I, going back to my relationship with food, 
Um, I uh, love movies and TV. And for whatever reason, movies and TV, since I was a kid, are associated with sitting down with the family, drinking Coke and eating popcorn. That's, that's my happy place, right? Uh, so obviously I can't do that too much anymore. I've got to figure out what to do with my time now that you know my kids are not here and I have a lot of free time in the evening and it's right now it's the, the heat of the summer. I don't really want to be outside doing much in the evenings and besides there's not a lot to do outside in the evenings in Japan, especially in our parts of Japan. So I got to figure out how to up my activity level, I guess, in the evenings when uh, it's it's the most dangerous for me to sit down in the park on the couch and then start craving some kind of carbs to go in my mouth. Um, Got to work on that. It's something I really need to figure out and work on. Uh, and... Yeah, but the relationship that you have with food, the relationship that I have with food is is complicated. It's complex. And because of the country I come from and the uh, situation that I was born into, um, some pretty unhealthy habits uh, are kind of ingrained into me uh, that I'm going to have to um, deal with. I'm going to have to fight with a little bit. I don't know the best way to do that. Uh, except one day at a time, I guess. One day at a time. I do have a fitness guru, for lack of a better word, who uh, I'm in contact with. Uh, I thought about um, doing his kind of personal training course that he does online, a kind of a mentorship kind of thing, but I just did not have the money to do it. It was incredibly expensive. But he has stayed in contact with me anyway. So I have somebody that's encouraging me. Uh, and I really appreciate that. So, yeah, I think I will schedule a uh, follow-up with him. Maybe maybe in a week or so after I've had a, a chance to kind of make a little bit of a inroad into some routines, some healthy routines. See what happens with that. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I'm starting that again here, going down that road again. I've, you know, this is a constant in my life. Um, in fact, I bought a new exercise bike uh, probably three months ago, and I've been on it only once or twice until today. So I'm glad I did it because it set me up for today, and hopefully, it's going to be able to be a routine that I'm able to um, uh, get a little bit healthier with. Had I not ha not had the bike, I think it would have been more difficult. But yeah, anyway, um, that's where I'm at today. So I wanted to make kind of a, a shift now. You know, we have a, a, com a complicated and, and sometimes unhealthy relationship with food. But there are other things that we have a very complicated and unhealthy relationship with, one of which uh, is church. Some of us. Uh, some of us haven't gotten there yet. Um, but I think there are many of us in the world who, who have 
it, it's come down to um, a time where we drew a line in the sand and said enough is enough. Um, that church is not living up to what it was meant to be, that no matter how much comfort I may have derived from being a part of a worshiping body of Christians, at some point the failure of religion to live up to its promises has got to be called out and questioned. That when we're faced with the beauty of Christ um, and how life could be or, or it, how life was promised us, the good life, the Christian life, the life of joy, um, the life of living a life in forgiveness, the life without shame, the life without condemnation, uh, the eternal life, another way to put it. When church is not living up to that, is not even asking the correct questions, um, is not addressing the lack of the, of the quote-unquote Christian life to fulfill these promises, then somebody needs to stand up and say, no, this is not working. It's not, there has to be more than this. Either we're doing something wrong or we're missing something. Something, something is missing. And what I found was missing, and I think a lot of people like me have found, what was missing in Christianity, what is missing in Christianity t today is Christ. <laughs> it's Christ. Christ is what's, or who, Christ is who is missing in Christianity today. That for whatever reason, Christianity has evolved into a belief system that need not be influenced by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that somehow it can keep going, um, it can even grow and advance, somehow it can do that without ever following the example of Christ. Um, so, you know, when you realize this, and I realized it, but I, I just assumed that through my effort, I would be able to, this is not what I thought, but this is what it came down to, browbeat people into living a more Christ-like existence, especially in the church. Uh, sorry, I forgot where that sentence started. I kind of got lost kind of got caught up in my beautiful turn of phrase. <laughs> so I realized it, but my first my my first instinct was that there's just a lack of effort, a lack of effort in myself, a lack of bravery in myself, and a lack of understanding in everybody else. And so as long as I can say the right words to these people and plead with them, um, Long, for long enough, they will see the light and they will all, um, you know, begin living like Jesus, uh, basically overnight. 
and and that will be that and things will be okay but I tried that I tried that for probably if I'm honest geez, probably 15 years for 15 years I probably could see kind of things here and there and, and I it was after I had kind of my epiphany that that Christ was real, that he understood me, that, and then I started learning more and more about Jesus and, and reading more about Jesus himself, and I was given some books that uh, kind of blew my mind around 2000, between 2004 and 2007 uh, was really when I realized that there were the church could be so much more um, than the experience that I was having. Uh, and so I just kept trying to push people into coming to the same place that I was. And I realized at some point it just wasn't working. Uh, and I was probably doing more harm than good. And if people are not ready, they're just not ready. And that's it's not up to me. Uh, to make them ready, right? That, that's that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts them um, and, and helps them know what and if they need to change, and that's not up to me, but I can still have my own journey, and my journey can divulge. Divulge is the right word, wrong word. Divert from the church I was in. It, it could go in a different direction altogether, and by 2013, um, I was ready to do that. So I know I've hashed all this out before. But my point is that your relationship with Christianity and with church and with the Bible uh, and with religion in general and with God is a complex one. And a lot of what you believe is unhealthy. It's unhealthy for you spiritually. It's unhealthy for all those around you. And it's not going to be easy for you uh, to to break off and to to start asking the difficult questions and to to go forward from there. It's not going to be easy. It's the XV. Sorry, I just saw Subaru. I'm really wanting to get a new Subaru. I haven't replaced my car that I got rid of, I guess, 10 months ago now. Um, so I'm hoping to get into a new car sometime. I really thought I'd be into a new car by now, but lots of stuff happened this year that needed money. So, yeah, I'm trying to save up for that. Sorry, got distracted. So, but if there's anything that's worth it, so in, in the physical physical realm, you know, we say this, we have this saying, that if you don't have your health, you don't have anything at all. Now, I've never believed that. I've always thought, wow, that's that's such a, a narrow um, thing to say, and there are so many people that are sick uh, that are so much more than their sick bodies uh, that do have so much more than your health. Um, but the point is is well taken, right? I mean, if you don't have your health, you're kind of living a sub-physical existence. And 
and it's true enough you know it's not absolutely true but it's true enough that that you know health is important your your physical health is important um and your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health all those things are important so if if your relationship with food is a complex one that has both um, healthy and non-healthy aspects but it is worth it to face those unhealthy aspects and try to try to correct them then so so is it true so it's this is not I'm not being very eloquent um, it's also true that if you're complicated relationship uh, with God and the Bible and religion and Christianity and church uh, and sin and shame and all this stuff um, if it's unhealthy it is totally worth it for you to get in there and to, to find a better way to be um, it, it's, it's you're worth it your spiritual health is worth it. Your physical health is worth it. Um, it's good to get in there and try to do the work. I'm not claiming to be spiritually healthy. I have, I have uh, my own things, right, um, that I am still dealing with. It's been a very difficult journey breaking away from institutionalized religion. Um, it's been very difficult. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to maintain your faith. Um, sometimes you feel like you're in the deep end of the pool, which I've talked about uh, many times. Um, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it to, to, to get on the other side of your unhealthy spiritual routines and practices uh, in order to prove that God is not a liar, that his promises given through Christ are attainable, that they are there for us, that they are true. And if they're true uh, in the somehow distant future, right, in the afterlife, but they're not true today, um, that doesn't work for me. That's that's one of those places where that seems like an unhealthy uh unhealthy aspect of my relationship with all things religious, right? Um, so, yeah, I I think you're worth it. You know, if, if you have a complicated relationship um, with church, religion, God, Bible, Jesus, Christianity, all these things, Get in there and do the work. And if you get in there and do the work and find the promises still do not hold true, then we should all get out. There's no reason to live that lie. Right? If the promises are not true, then let's get out. But I, I have found, I have found that the promises are even more true than I ever thought they were. And what I mean by more true is they're more inclusively true for way more people than I ever 
made allowance for. That Christ's love reaches so many people uh, that it's pretty much unbelievable. It's unbelievable how many people are in the love of Christ. I've found the promises to not only be true, um, but to be true cosmically, universally, if you will. That's how good Jesus has shown himself to be to me on my journey. Now, do I live like that always? No. I still have, I'm still human. Uh, I still have my hang-ups. I still have my weaknesses, uh, my selfishness, uh, my mistaken beliefs and thoughts, um, my vices. I still have all that, just like you do. But the journey of stepping away from religion for me has been worth it. Uh, It's been worth it to ask those difficult questions. It's been, truthfully, way easier to do that, to get get spiritually healthy, uh, relatively, relative of where I was. It's been, it's been way easier to get spiritually healthy than physically healthy. And I know, you know, to some extent they're going to go hand in hand, uh, but I don't think they have to. I, I think, you know, um, that the spiritual health is way more important than just the physical health. Uh, I think that has to be true. I think it has to be true. But don't discount the physical completely. Don't don't underestimate the physical aspects of the promises of Christ. Um, the aspects of the promises of Christ that are for you here and now uh, in your in in your world today. Um, because if it doesn't help you today, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure a lot of us are interested. Um, salvation. Jesus said, has come to this house today. Today salvation has come to this house. And this was before Jesus was crucified or resurrected. Before he uh, indwelt his church as the Holy Spirit. Right? I believe he said this in Zacchaeus' house. When Zacchaeus repented of his uh, cheating of people out of their tax money for the Roman government. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. So when he uh, repented, Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house. Salvation from what? Well, I mean, salvation from the consequences of of your sin, right? Salvation from from being ashamed of who you are. Uh, salvation from having to be right about everything. Salvation from having to live up to an impossible standard of conduct. Um, 
All kinds of salvation can come to you today. Salvation from violence, right? The ability to to not have to live in a world governed by violence. All these things can come to you today. I think that's the salvation that Jesus was hoping would come upon Jerusalem. Uh, when he wept for Jerusalem as he entered, as he entered Jerusalem, uh, the last week of his life, you know, he, he, he wished that they would have listened to his message, but, but somehow he knew that that they wouldn't, that they were not going to listen to his message, uh, that they were going to be destroyed by the Romans one day, that their violence uh, and their lack of loving peace because they love violence more than peace that the consequences of those choices would would harm them would, would, would catch up to them one day so yeah um, salvation can come to you today by living more like Jesus here and now today I know I've gotten way off the subject <laughs> whatever the subject was uh, but suffice it to say that it's worth it's worth it for you no matter what side you come down on maybe you maybe you you know you you decide to ask difficult questions and and challenge um, status quo religion but you come down on the side of you're going to stick with um, worshiping with an institutional church. Maybe you still come down on that side. I better leave this car running, actually. It's too hot. I am about five minutes earlier than I need to be, so I can talk for a little bit longer. Um, yeah, it's, it's all, of course, very complicated and complex but you're you're worth it that's that's what I want to say it's just how in, in the same way that you know that it is worth it for you to explore and pursue healthier eating habits and exercise habits it's healthy for you to explore and pursue healthier spiritual habits that's obviously true um, and for me, that path led to, well, where you know it led. Um, and your, your path may lead to a different way, but don't ever, don't ever get caught in the trap of thinking that because the promises that Christ made to you don't seem to be coming true, that it's somehow your fault. It's not your fault. Now, sure, there may be things that you're unable to see, right? There may be um, things that have blinded you that maybe you can try to remove. But the promises are just as true for you as they are for anyone. And if they're not, then they're not true for those people either. Um, pursue those promises. Uh, I haven't really thought about what those promises are. 
um, with a promise of salvation, the promise of eternal life is the big one, right? That's the easy one. Um, uh, a lot of the things that Paul says, consider it joy when you are persecuted. No, Jesus said this. Consider it joy when you are persecuted for my name's sake. For yours is the kingdom of heaven, right? All of the Beatitudes, those are big promises, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted in my name's sake. Uh, blessed are the meek or the humble, right? The Beatitudes are promises, right? If this, then this, okay? Uh, if you are humble, you will blankety-blank. A couple months ago, a couple years, it could have been a year ago now, I can't remember, I tried to memorize the, um, what was it? I tried to memorize the Beatitudes, and I've forgotten them already. Um, those are some of the, uh, yeah, best um, let me see if I can get on the Bible no network connection I know that but I should have a Bible downloaded on here do I not oh well it's not going to let me on because I don't have Wi-Fi on my iPad let's see if it's going to let me on my t oh, oh there it is should be on there momentarily. Um, now, there, there's some things that are not so appealing that Jesus did um, promise too, like the fact that we would suffer. Um, it's not that I don't think Jesus wants us to suffer. I'm sure it's not that. I, I think it has more to do with that's just the reality of life. Um, suffering is 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 what this world um, is going to to serve up to us uh, because of because of selfish people and people who sin in the world, right? That's just what's going to happen. That's what that's what life has to offer us right now. Sorry, I'm trying to get to the Beatitudes here. Yeah, so when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up, he went up the mountain. And after his, he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of promises. I think almost everybody at some point is going to fall into one of these places. Have you ever been poor in spirit? 
Have you ever mourned? Have you ever been humble? Have you ever hunger and uh, hungered and thirsted for righteousness or for for justice? Have you ever been mercy? Have you been pure in heart? Uh, have you made peace? We tried to make peace. Have you been persecuted for doing something good? Um, it's a lot of promises. Now the the danger with promises is when we read. Oh gosh. Whew, scared me. I thought my shirt was really dirty, but it's just a reflection of light. <laughs> Strange. The danger is when we read these a list of these kinds of things, and I've got to go like right now, uh, and we make it a list. Well, if I do this, then I'll get that. I don't think that's truly the point. Maybe we'll we'll have to delve into that later. Uh, I think that that just becomes trying to earn the favor of God um, and don't believe that's necessary. We'll talk about that another time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.